You're listening to the message podcast of High Ridge Church Longview, where our vision is to help you know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and ultimately make a difference. We are so glad that you're here, and we pray that this message impacts your life as you apply the spiritual truths from God's Word in practical ways. Let's listen in. Welcome to One Small Step. I am so glad you're here. Welcome to High Ridge. Welcome to all of our friends joining us from all around the world. High Ridge family, would you give a big round of applause to all of our online friends? Hey, good morning to you. We're so glad you tuned in. Do us a favor if you would. If you like what you're watching, if you like what you're uh, learning, go ahead and click that share button. It would mean the world to us. And make sure you let us know where you're watching from. It always, uh, it always makes a difference when we find out where this message is going. And so there's a lot of people here in this room that love to know where we're making a big difference at. And that's a, that's a big favor that you can do for us. So welcome to our brand new series called One Small Step. Everybody say one small step. One small step. Now say it like you mean it. Come on. One small step. Now, I believe that as we talk about one small step, there are some powerful and important steps in your life that you've taken. There are moments that you can look back and say, man, that was a big step for me. It might not have looked like that much at the beginning, but looking back on it, that was a big, important moment. That was a powerful step. Or maybe for some of us, it was, that was the wrong step. (laughs) That was a bad step. I should not have done that. I shouldn't have gone that direction. I shouldn't have taken that journey. Shouldn't have taken that road. Depending on which era that you come from, your view of steps might be a little bit different than mine, but all of us have some important steps in our lives as we look back. Now, if you're a product of the 60s, you know that in 1969, the step that captivated that decade was when Neil Armstrong set foot on the moon, somebody. It changed the world. The very first step of ours on another planet, and it was American. Come on, somebody. That was awesome. I love that. So in the 60s, it was about stepping foot on the moon. Now in the 70s, there's the most important step of that decade was in 1977. You may have no idea what I'm talking about. In 1977, I took my very first steps. I've got a picture to prove it somewhere. We couldn't find it. So apparently my parents like my brothers and sisters more than they like me. They lost that picture of me taking my first steps. If you move to the 80s, The most important step that we could ever possibly take was a huge misunderstanding. Because there was a song that came out that people started playing at their weddings because they thought it was really romantic and it is the most stalker, creepy song of all time. Anybody remember the song from the police? Every step you take, I'll be watching you. That is creepy, stalkerish song. That is not romantic. I will kill you in your sleep. We'll be divorced in six weeks. You know, that's, that's what you're saying, but that was an important part of the 80s. Now, if you move to the 90s, depending on whether you're, uh, whether you're too saved or not saved, you had, you had diff- a different area of steps. Now, if you're, if you're too saved, if you're oversaved, it was all about that. Every step I take, I take in you. you and with the hand motions, <laughs> waves of mercy, waves of grace, that was a banger of its day. Now, if you weren't raised in the church, you have no idea what I'm talking about. It doesn't matter. We'll catch you up. It was a strange time. We should do a lot more hand motions. But if you weren't raised in the church, if you're rebellious, then your favorite song about steps was something from a little band called New Kids on the Block. Yeah, you know. Step by step, ooh, baby, 
gotta get to you, girl. Step. Y'all leave me out alone on that item by myself? Don't act like you weren't rocking to that. You know you weren't. All of us denied it, but all of us liked it. Come on, it's like Nickelback. There's fans out there. Somebody's lying. <laughs> McDonald's with billions and billions served. Some of y'all are lying. I'll never eat at McDonald's. Somebody does. Here's the most important thing that I want to build everything that we talk about for the next few weeks on. I want to build it around this simple statement. God is a God of steps and order. God is a God of steps and order. And from the beginning of time, God has always operated in steps. He's always operated in order. We see this happening in the, uh, in the, in the very first week where God begins to lay out the creation story in order. The Bible says that God looked back on every day and says, it is good. And at the end of the first week, as God has put everything in place for us to be able to exist on this planet, he looks back at his week and he rests. Not because God needs to rest, but because he's modeling it for you. And God looks back at the week and says, behold, it's good. Everything that I've done is in order. It's done in the right steps. The right sequence is there. And God says, it is good. Your life revolves around steps and God patterned that on purpose in his behavior to show us the importance of steps. Let me say it this way. In creation, God models a progressive pattern for us to follow, for us to build our lives around. Your life is supposed to be moving forward. Your life is on a journey. I think most of us would agree with that. You're not where you were. You're not who you used to be. We're all on a journey. We're all becoming. But here's the thing. Is it your journey or is it submitted to the Lord for your life? See, I found this to be true that majority of time, uh, majority of the time outside of a relationship with the Lord, I tend to walk in circles. I tend to find myself right back in the same spot that I started from asking myself the same question, how did I get here? And so in Joshua chapter three, the children of Israel are just about to walk into the promised land. But this has come after 40 years of them as a people walking around the same mountain over and over and over again. Not because God wanted them to walk around a mountain, but because they couldn't get their attitude right, they couldn't get their hearts right, they wouldn't listen, they wouldn't obey, and they tend to walk in circles. God is a God of order. I think most of us would say, I understand that the difference between, uh, between two points, the shortest distance, is, is, is a straight line. But often in life, we find ourselves walking in circles. God has steps for you to take. And I want you to know that. There are steps for you to take. Psalm 37 says this, the Lord directs the steps of the godly. And I love this next part. It says, he delights in every detail of their lives. I want that to be said of me where God looks at my life and delights in every detail. But notice this, that godly people, people that are becoming more like Christ, those that have submitted our hearts to him, they're steps for you. And God directs and he orders your steps. So I want to talk about the power of one step today. That's the title of where we're going to start this whole series at. And over the next eight weeks, we'll dive deeper into this, but... As we kick off and lay the foundation of this, we're going to start with the power of one step. The power 
of one step. I wanna give you three things that are of equal importance, things that I believe that over the next few weeks are gonna come to fruition. They're gonna help you think about things in a brand new way. They're gonna help you see the miraculous power of God because we're able to take that step of faith. You still with me, everybody? Is this okay? So Joshua chapter three was where we're gonna spend all of our time. And the first thing that I wanna share with you is this. Number one, God is always leading his people somewhere special. God is always leading his people somewhere special. From the beginning of time, the Bible says that God walked with, with Adam and Eve in the cool of the day, and he led them in the context of relationship with him to take the next step. Do you see it? The Bible says God leads his children out of Egypt, out of slavery, and into the promised land with some ordered steps. If you trusted Christ as your savior, God has led you out of sin through a step called repentance. God's led you into a place of obedience with things like your baptism, where you're filled with the spirit. There's another step of faith. There's another step of obedience. God has always led his people in steps. You have steps that God has ordered for you to take. Now, here's the good news and the bad news. Not only does God have steps for you, but you have free will. You can do it your way or you can do it his. But God is always leading his people somewhere special. So how do I make sure that I'm following after him? How do I follow those steps? We do it by taking steps of faith. Hebrews chapter 10 is where we get this. It says this, we do not belong to those who shrink back, but to those who have faith. He said, we're not the people that shrink back. Now, when I hear the words shrink back, it always precedes two other words in fear. Shrink back in fear, four words that kind of just go together, don't they? If I'm shrinking back, it's normally that I'm, I'm in fear. And so there would be an obvious leap for us to take in our minds that if I'm, if I'm not shrinking back in fear, that must mean that when I'm stepping out in faith, I'm not gonna be afraid. That's not true. That's not true. The opposite of faith is not fear. The opposite of fear is love. The Bible says perfect love casts out all fear. You see the difference? I want you to see that every step of faith that I take, every time I'm stepping in obedience, every step of faith brings two things, excitement and anxiety. There's a great episode of a show called um, Everybody Loves Raymond. And if you've ever seen that show, you know, uh, there's an older brother named Robert that was single. And when Robert started dating again, the girl that he was dating invites him over to meet, a, to meet her family. And they're a very religious family. So he wants to say and do the right things around this obviously religious family. And they say, uh, son, is your family religious? He said, yes. They say, are you God-fearing people? He said, yes, ma'am. We're scared to death. <laughs> we're scared to death. Now... Your relationship with God is, is not something that we're led by fear, but there's gonna be some fear. Stepping out in faith comes with a lot of anxiety and excitement at the same time. So I don't have to have the absence of fear to step out in faith. I don't need to have some shot of courage to be obedient. And this is what I think stops a lot of people from ever stepping in the steps that God has called for you to take, is I'm afraid that I'm being led by fear. I'm so afraid I can't do it until God gives me more courage. That's not true. You don't need courage to be obedient. Somebody say amen. amen. God is always leading his people someplace special, and it comes with a lot of fear. So in Joshua chapter three, 
I want you to notice what God says to his people as they're just about to cross into the promised land, as they're just about to step into their destiny. It's taken 40 years to get to this point, and they're just about to take it. And there's a river that separates them from where they are to where they're going. Now, also remember this, uh, that this is not the same generation of people who saw God do it before. When God led his people out of Egypt, he walked them across on dry land. But that generation died out because of their unbelief. God raised up a new generation. And so this is a group of people that are seeing God do this for the very first time. Things that they're seeing are, are things that they've just heard about from their parents and from their grandparents from years before. Those things have become legend. And I would venture guess that much of your life is the same way. You know people in your past, grandma, grandpa, moms or dads that had incredible moves of God and revivals that hit, but you haven't seen it in your generation. And God's like, I want to show you something. I want to reveal myself to you. And so things that they've only heard about God doing, now they're about to see it. And this is where I feel like God is taking us as a church, us as believers. God's like, I'm going to show you some things that you've never seen, take you to places you've never been. And it's not going to be your mama's faith or your daddy's faith. It's not grandpa's faith. It's going to be your faith, your step of obedience. God's going to become very real to you. I feel like it's important that we emphasize that point for every single person within the sound of my voice that you hear me. It's about your step of faith, not theirs, yours. And so as God is about to lead them into this great and vast unknown, this is what happens starting in verse three. God says this, whenever you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God, now pause for a moment. The ark is symbolic of the presence of God. So anytime that you see the ark in scripture, what that means is God's manifest presence. So God says this, whenever you see that ark of the covenant of the Lord your God and the Levitical priests carrying it, you are to move. Somebody say move. move. When you see the presence of God, your job is to move behind it. He says, move out from your positions and follow it. Then you will know which way to go since you've never been this way before. God says, I'm taking you to places that you've, you've never been. You don't know the way. How do I know the way? You're going to follow my presence. Do you see it? God's always taking his people someplace special, and it shows us this. God leads his people by his presence at his speed. This is critical for us to get at the foundation of our theology. How do we follow after the Lord? You follow his presence. How fast do I go? He sets the pace. You don't get to set the pace. He does. God moves his people by his presence at his speed. He says, you'll know the way when you see the presence, and then I want you to move. So this leads me to a point that I want to make sure that you see. If I don't recognize God's presence, I'll never know when to move. I'll always be stepping at the wrong time. I'll find myself walking in circles with the best of intentions, but you're not following after the Lord. What happens if these people decide to cross the river on their own? I see the goal. I'm just going to go there. What happens if they decide to stay? Well, for 40 years, that's exactly what their parents did. And they walked around a mountain. 40 years of walking in circles. It's important that we don't mess this up. It's important that when God's presence is moving, that we stay behind him. God's always leading his people someplace special, and he does it by his presence at his speed. Here's the second thing I want to make sure that you see. Before amazing happens, submission happens. 
Do you want the amazing things of God? Yes. You want God to order your steps? Yes. Before all of that happens, submission happens. And it's important that we don't skip this step. Submission is a critical step in the life of every believer that wants to be led by the Spirit of God, that wants God to take us into the great unknown, to lead our lives where they're supposed to go. It all starts with the step of submission. If you've ever baked a cake, the most important thing to know about baking a cake is you can't skip steps. You can't make up your own. I don't have any baking powder. I guess I'm just going to add some rat poison. I don't know. <laughs> Tastes the same to me. Like you, you can't just make up your own rules and make up your own steps. You can't say, well, let's, let's substitute eggs for, I don't know, put some cheese in there. See what happens. That went a different direction. You can't skip steps. Everything is built on a foundation of submission. Now, this is the part that we don't like. As we say around here, it ain't sexy, but it's the truth. Submission before the amazing. So that leads me to the point, if I want the Lord to lead, look at me, I have to lay down the right to be in control. This is hard for us, but it's important. Once again, you have a free will. And your free will will lead you to walk in circles with the rest of your life like a lot of people do. Or you can be led by the Spirit of God. But you have to give up the right to be in control. So Joshua tells the people as they're preparing to go, God's already told them, hey, when you see the ark coming, you're going to line up behind it and you're going to move across. So this is going to happen tomorrow. This is happening. We're right on the edge of it. Don't mess this up. Look at what he tells them starting in verse 5. Joshua told the people, consecrate yourselves. Somebody say those two words with me. Consecrate yourselves. For tomorrow, the Lord will do amazing things among you. Joshua said to the priests, take up the Ark of the Covenant and pass on ahead of the people. So they took it up and went ahead of them. And the Lord said to Joshua, today, I'm gonna begin to exalt you in the eyes of all Israel so that they will know that I am with you just as I was with Moses. What I've done before, I'm gonna do it again. The things you see me do for others, I'm gonna do for you. He says, tell the priests who carry the Ark of the Covenant, when you reach the edge of Jordan's waters, go and stand in the river. Wow. Lord, you sure you don't want us to put this thing on a boat? No, go and stand in the river. And Joshua said to the Israelites, come here and listen to the words of the Lord. This is how you will know that the living God is among you. And as soon as the priests step foot in the Jordan, its waters flowing downstream will be cut off and they're going to stand up in a heap. I'm telling you what's about to happen. You're going to see the miraculous. You're going to see it happen as soon as they put their feet in the water. So God is promising miraculous things happening one day from now. Insane things. Your destiny lies right on the other side of that powerful step. So what are you asking us to do between now and then? He said, consecrate yourselves. Consecrate yourselves. Watch the presence of God. Watch his presence. So the Lord goes first and we follow. And this is important, not the other way around. Because here's what I tend to do. Look at me. I tend to make decisions and then ask the Lord to bless it. And this is the problem that we see in our relationship with the Lord. I'm gonna decide what I wanna do and I'm gonna pray for the Lord to bless and establish the work of my hands. This is backwards Bible. This is backwards theology. This is not following after the presence and the leading of the Lord. This is doing what you want and asking the Lord to bless it. There's a better way. Somebody say there's a better way. I tend 
to make decisions and ask the Lord to bless it. So the first step, he says, consecrate yourself. This is a fantastic Hebrew word. The word is kadash, which means sanctify yourself, set yourself apart, be holy. What does that look like practically? What they would do is they would take an inventory of everything in their house and they would put out, put out anything that didn't belong. Any foreign idols or gods, anything that they knew wasn't right, they would purify those things, they would burn them and then they would go down to the river and they would take a bath. Whether they needed it or not, come on somebody. <laughs> They'd take a bath and then they would change their clothes. An outward sign of an inward change. They would purify their hearts, take an inventory of their life and God would say, that's consecration. Go look at your life and see if there's anything that would keep you from walking across this water into what I've called you to do. This is your next step. Purify your heart, your motives and intentions. Consecrate yourself, be holy, separate yourself from the way that people, you, everybody else does things. No, 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 you're, you're my people, you're special. I've called you out of darkness and into my glorious light. I've led you out of sin and I'm walking you into your promised land. Consecrate yourselves. Let nothing hinder your progress. This is better than your amen. So let me say it this way. Consecration is my part leading the way. That's God's part. Leading the way. That's God's part. So brings me up to my final point. Point number three. Write this down if you would. One small step of obedience unleashed the miraculous. One small step of obedience unleashed the miraculous. What's my step of obedience? To consecrate yourself. To consecrate yourself. I wonder if you think about it, if you were to take an inventory of your life, would you say there are some things in my life that I know don't line up with God's word? Some things that I've been holding on to as my little pet that I know are sin. Things that I've been allowing that I shouldn't be allowing. I'm not here to step on your toes. I'm simply giving you the same command that God has given his people since the beginning. Consecrate yourselves. Be holy, God says, as I'm holy. Take those things and give them, give them to me. You know, at the end of Paul's life, Paul says this one thing I do. Forgetting the past, I press on. This one thing I do. I wonder, what's your one thing? For Paul, it was to forget his past. Paul had a lot of things that he had done that were contrary to the word of God. He had persecuted God's people. He had worked against the church, against the move of God for a long time. He says, you know what my hardest part is? To forget what I did. Even though I've been forgiven of it, it's hard for me to forget what I've done. But this one thing I'm gonna do, this one thing is gonna make the biggest difference in my life. This one step of faith, to forget my past, I'm gonna step forward into doing what God has called me to do. I'm gonna press on to receive the mark, the prize of the upward calling of Christ Jesus. This one thing I do. I wonder what is your one thing? I believe that there are miracles waiting on the other side of one small step. There's miracles waiting on the other side of your consecration. There are miracles waiting on the other side of your obedience. There are miracles waiting on the other side of your one small step. And Paul says, this one thing I do, I wanna ask you that same question. What one thing, what one thing, if it changed, would make the biggest difference in your life? Can you ask yourself that question? What one thing? I think it's important that you identify your one thing. 
what would make the biggest difference? What one thing if I consecrated it, if I gave it to the Lord, if I turned away from that one thing, what would be my one step? And what kind of difference could God make if I was to do that? There's power in your step. I hope you know that. There's more power than you realize. Now, I brought some uh, white, bright white shoes to help illustrate the point. Now, these are some special shoes. These are $37 Amazon finds, baby. But they're special shoes because... They kind of show you that there's power in your step. Does it help to illustrate the point? Can you see it? I think a lot of times our faith looks like this. They're, they're, it's, it's cheap and it's not as great as other people. You ever think that way about your faith? And other people have much better faith than I do. It ain't got a lot. Maybe it doesn't light up a lot. doesn't shine the brightest. But it's mine. And we kind of underestimate the power in our step of faith. We underestimate what can happen when God does what only God can do. We underestimate the power of one small step. One small step of faith and the atmosphere begins to change. One small step of faith and God begins to break chains. Mountains begin to move. Demons begin to tremble. Chains start falling off. One small step of faith and your family begins to change. Your children begin to change. One small step of faith in your health and your mental health and in your marriage and on your job and in your career. I believe there are miracles waiting on your other side. Just one small step of faith. And God can do miraculous things. I want you to catch what I'm saying here today. There are miracles waiting on the other side of one small step. Come on, somebody give the Lord some praise today. (laughs) Before you know it, you're walking on water. Before you know it, walking by faith is your natural way that you walk. I'm walking by faith. This is what I do because I trust that the Lord is leading me someplace special. I've consecrated myself and I believe that where God is leading me is better than where I've been. I don't have to walk around in circles anymore. I can trust that the goodness of the Lord is leading me places and giving me victory that I could never get on my own. Can you receive that today? Is that okay? Hope that you'll never forget this. We've actually worked on this for quite a while, believe it or not. It takes a lot to coordinate this, but I wanted you to hopefully never forget of what happens when God's presence is leading and you take your step of obedience, when you line up behind the power of God's leadership, hope you never forget how powerful it is when your will submits to the will of God and you start walking in the direction that he's ordered for your life. You're capable of more than you could imagine. And what God has waiting for you on the other side of one small step is nothing short of miraculous. I believe that, and I want you to believe that too. Would you bow your head and close your eyes today?
I want you to get a chance to respond to the Holy Spirit. So with heads bowed and eyes closed, I want you to ask a question in prayer. The question is, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? What have I been hanging on to that I shouldn't be hanging on to anymore? What needs to be consecrated and laid down before you, Lord? Is it my attitude? Is it unforgiveness? Is it my sin? Things that I've looked at or thought about? Words that I've spoken in ways that I've hurt others? This one thing I do, this one thing I do, I lay that down at the foot of the cross so that I can follow after you, Lord, wherever you would lead me. Father, would you bless my friends right now with divine leadership? Would you move on their behalf? Would you strengthen them and encourage them that as they submit and surrender their wills and their ways to you, that you would come through and do what only you can do? Father, would you come? Would you speak? In Jesus' name. And now with heads bowed and eyes closed, I think some of us today, if we're being honest, would say, Pastor, I, uh, I need a relationship with the Lord. That's my step. I've been so far from the Lord. I know it. God knows it. I'm, I'm so far from him. I need to come home. You may have been raised in church, but you know as well as I do that you're far from the Lord, and it's time to come home. This is for you. There's a reason why you're here. There's a reason why you're watching. And it's for this moment. If you need a relationship with Jesus, or if you've been away from God and you need to come home, it starts with a prayer. The Bible calls it the prayer of faith. And this is your step. You may say, I'm not sure how to take that. I'm not sure how to pray. I don't even know what to say. Let me help you. Let me help you the same way that someone helps me. With heads bowed and eyes closed, if you want a relationship with Jesus, pray this with me. I'll tell you what to say. Just say, Jesus, I believe you are the son of God. Come on, pray with me. I believe that you came and died and rose from the grave so that I could have life and forgiveness for all of my sins. Forgive me, Lord. I want to live my life for you. I give my life to you right now. Thank you for what you did on the cross for me. In Jesus' name. With heads bowed and eyes closed, if that was you and you just prayed that prayer with me, do me a favor if you would. Would you just look up at me and then slip up your hand all across this place? That was me, Pastor. I did that. Good. Anybody else today? I prayed with you, Pastor. I did that. I'm not ashamed of it. Not afraid of it. Good. If you're watching online, I'm so proud of you as well. Do me a favor. If you prayed that prayer, there's a number appearing on your screen. The number is 844-HRC-TEXT. Text the words, I prayed to that number. And what's gonna happen is I'm gonna send you some messages. I'm gonna send you some links of some things that I've prepared just for you that will help you to not just take the step you just took, but to help you take the next one. You need to understand what happened in your heart and where to go next. Please let us help you do that. It would be my greatest, greatest pleasure and honor to be able to help you the way that somebody helped me. I'm proud of you. Good for you. Well, Highridge family, go ahead and look up at me if you would, then stand to your feet. We have a total of six people already responding to the gospel, and we think that is a big honking deal. Come on, somebody. 
I'm gonna ask our elders and their wives to step forward to be available to pray for you about anything that you might need prayer for. I wanna remind you, if you liked what you saw today, go ahead and click the share button. It means the world to us when you do that. And so our elders are here, available to pray for you. I wanna remind you of two things. Number one, night of worship is coming up really soon. If you love our worship, which I know that you do, uh, know, that, know that we're all gathering together for a night of worship, an extended time in God's presence. It's gonna be fantastic. But there is not enough room for all of our church to come to one service together. And we don't have the budget to go outside anywhere else and get you a bigger space. So just know that you're gonna get sticky and it's gonna get hot and uh, you're gonna be close, in close quarters with some people. So we call it pulling an SOS, scoot over sister. If you are not comfortable with tight spaces, if you don't want to gather with God's people, if you don't care anything about God's presence, then don't come. <laughs> but for those that come, know that we're going to go to the presence of the Lord together and know that it's going to be uncomfortable and that's okay. You still with me? Is that okay? Yeah. Also, we have your night coming up on September the 14th. Tim Tebow coming here. How crazy is that? How crazy is that? That's at the Belcher Center right here live in Longview. This is not by Zoom. Tim Tebow coming here to Longview. We also have Pastor Earl McClellan coming. If you've not seen Pastor Earl, you need to see him. He's fantastic. Shoreline City Church is nothing short of miraculous what God is doing in Dallas. So those two are coming here to Longview, Texas. Tickets are available at the Belcher Center. You can go online and get you one of those. But please don't wait till the last minute. This is a bunch of our churches in the city coming together to try to unite behind the cause of Christ and make our city a better place. And it is working. It is working. I'm going to share with you some more in December about what God has done in the city and the things that are coming that are fantastic. You're not going to believe them. But I want you to be a part of what God is doing at your night, September the 14th. So um, please make sure you get a ticket before it's too late. We're coming down to the wire and there's not a whole lot left. So don't come to me looking for tickets. They're going to be gone. You're going to be out. But for everybody else, let me pray for you and send you out. Father, I thank you for my friends. And I thank you for your word. And I pray that my friends follow after your word and your leadership all week long and that they're blessed every single step of the way. Would you bless them, Lord? In Jesus' name, and all of us said together, amen. God bless you as you go. I hope you have an awesome week. Thank you so much for listening in today. Our prayer is that you are encouraged and strengthened by the message. If you haven't done so yet, be sure to subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review wherever you're listening. If you wanna be a part of our online community, Connect with us through Facebook or Instagram with the handle at HighRidgeLV, or you can check out our website at HighRidgeLV.com. Lastly, if this ministry has impacted your life and you'd like to support its work, visit HighRidgeLV.com give. We appreciate your support and we're believing with you today for God's best in your life. Have an incredible week and we will see you next time.